0: why golly gee papa while we were in the horse and buggy i think i was being gaslit. yeah what a what a fresh phrase that is the term gaslighting what does it mean it's everywhere now originated from a 1944 movie of the same name which i'm going to go into later look at that i mean it's a mgm melodrama when's the last time you saw a melodrama well i was having a sip of my sarsaparilla Gaslighting comes from this movie, and it didn't become a popular buzzword until the last few years. You keep using that word, Uh gaslight. Yeah. In fact, Merriam-Webster declared gaslighting the word of the year in 2022. Now, do I think the dictionary, which has been known to change definitions based on far-left politics and policies, uh, picked gaslighting? Because everybody was saying it and it, it, it's the word of 2022, because it was perfect in describing the Biden administration's use of the word. So
1: now you're trying to gaslight me?
0: Yeah, no. Uh, but the coincidence is hard to ignore. Now, what is gaslighting? Well, I'll start here. Worse than lying, holy gee, I got to get my knickers in a bunch. Why? Why? because it involves a type of emotional abuse that makes the victim feel like they're going nuts. Well, John, this just doesn't make sense. Our our faithful president says the economy is soaring, but then why is our grocery bill tripled? Something just isn't right. Maybe we're just buying more expensive foods. Uh, Wrong, Susie, you're not. You're being gaslit. And on tonight's program, I'm gonna show you exactly how. This type of manipulation is being used in almost every sector of society. The far left gaslights you to make you feel like you're a racist, or to make you feel like you're a gender bigot, to make you feel like the increased crime in your neighborhood, that's a product of your overactive imagination. But it is not.
1: Stop gaslighting me and own the narrative.
0: We're going to own that narrative. Tonight, we focus on two of the areas most important to most Americans, the economy and the border. And I'll prove to you the Biden administration is not only lying to you, but they are toying with your sanity as well. Hello, America. I know what you're thinking, my gosh, what has he done? Sexy as ever. I know, I know. Uh, I did a little workout, you know, like this over Thanksgiving. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving. We're now in the middle of the holiday season, and I've got an early Christmas present for you. Well, it's actually not. It's a pleasant thought, how about that? By this time next year, there will be a new president-elect. Might be the same old one. The countdown now for the end of this nightmare is less than 12 months away. Doesn't that make you just, doesn't that put the pumpkin in your spice, you know what I mean? Or the spice in your pumpkin? With everything that you get a dream about, sugar plums dancing in your head, it's great. Uh, Unfortunately, that's not the case for the DNC. They're in full panic mode. They're tearing up the shutters and throwing up the sash. As of now, 56% of Americans disapprove of Joe Biden. I can't believe it's that low. The economy and immigration are the top two issues that everybody's worried about. The economy dominates by double digits. It's not even close. And it's been a leading issue now for over 113 weeks. The American people want jobs. They want jobs that pay well. They want to be able to feed their families. They want a safe and secure town, and that starts with a safe and secure border. And there is nothing Joe Biden can do in the next 11 months to change the massive dumpster fire that he's been pouring gasoline on for the last three years. The economy is in a downward spiral. The border is an absolute cluster. So what do they do? Well, they gaslight. They hold press conferences. They go on cable news. They write news articles. They do everything they can, hoping that lying to you, no, gaslighting you, will make everyone somehow or another forget reality and begin to question themselves. It's actually getting comical if it wasn't so sad. You've got to imagine the strategy room in the West Wing where one brave intern stands up and says, Ah, oh, but sir, Sir, how do we gaslight you know, the ungaslightable We all feel the pain literally. I feel their pain. How are you going to do it? Because we feel it in our wallets. We feel it at the grocery store. We feel it at the gas pump. Border towns feel it in their overflowing streets. Chicago, the people, the progressives in Chicago are saying, "We can't handle all of this, but never fear. The gas letters are here, and they will not be denied. That intern in the West Wing cooked up this doozy for Biden a couple of days ago. Watch this.
1: Well, this past week, as Americans gathered around their own kitchen tables for Thanksgiving dinner, that was our goal, <clears throat> to give them a little more breathing room. And together, we made progress. You know, uh, from Turkey to air travel to tank of gas, costs went down. They went down. Out of people making a lot of money, that doesn't matter a whole lot because the costs are relatively small compared to wealthy incomes. In fact, as a share of earnings this Thanksgiving, dinner was the fourth cheapest ever on record. I want you all to know that. (laughs) Listen to the
0: (laughs) blast. I'm sorry. What? 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 What does that even mean? As a share of earnings, this Thanksgiving was the fourth cheapest. I mean, that might be the gaslightiest of all the gaslights, and I'm sure the intern's equation was, I don't know. Well, if we take the square root of what people were making in 1951, and then we divide that by pi, but as pumpkin pie, not 3.14, then we subtract something called the moron output, And then we run it through a Facebook algorithm. I mean, it makes sense under the laws of the idiococracy uh, index, you know, where everybody's an idiot much more than ever before. Done and done. This is Gaslighting 101. Okay. So what really is gaslighting? Let me spend a couple of seconds on this. comes from a movie popular in 1945, Uh, or 44, Gaslight. It starred Ingrid Bergman. She was a young woman who marries a man who she thought was the perfect husband and everything is wonderful until she finds herself going insane. She's misplacing things. She's forgetting things, making things up. And whenever her husband leaves the house at night, she hears footsteps on the ceiling and sees the house's gaslights dim. Gaslighting. In reality, she's not going insane. Her husband was a jewel thief who covered his tracks by training her not to trust her own senses. The flickering gaslights and footsteps were his doing, but he denied that any of that was happening. Sound familiar? Yeah. Every day, are those footsteps up there? No, no. The Biden administration, uh uh-uh. You're crazy if you believe the economy is bad. Don't trust your wallet. Don't trust your eyes. Don't trust your bank. Well, Certainly don't trust your bank. The market is the best in years. Hmm. Yeah, stock market, rich, rich, rich people who are connected, probably having a great year. Great year. Um, The average person? No. The real market, the one you go to and you get the little piggies? Yeah, that's not, that's a bloodbath. The Biden regime and their media surrogates are in absolute panic mode over the economy, and you can see the gaslighting everywhere. The Wall Street Journal would like to remind you that the economy is actually great. Why do we blame Biden? Well, Bloomberg apparently reading the same talking points. Again, the economy is great. So quit your worrying. This is one of my favorites. Biden's economy is so dang amazing. It's a curse. Yeah, like all of my ripped muscles. Oh, this is a curse. Uh Uh-huh. Does anyone any of, anybody, hold water, any of this, for you, not me. Did the uh, idiocy equation reflect what you experienced around the dinner table last week? According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, your dollar has lost 15% of its value. Your dollar, 15%, right off the top. Now, if we go back to just before the pandemic, that number jumps to 20%. The Heritage Foundation ran the numbers and found that this Thanksgiving was not the fourth most inexpensive. See, this is a trick. I learned this. I used to say, we're the number two or number three show in the world. And uh, people would just assume, wow, what's number one? We're the fourth least expensive. What was three and two and one? It's a trick. It's a trap. Thanksgiving, this Thanksgiving, was the most expensive air ever. And that's reality. And I agree with Biden's interim in the West Wing. Yes, Biden's economy is now dum-dum-dum-ungaslightable. I don't think that's a real word that makes sense. Dum-dum-dum-ungaslightable. But neither does Bidenomics. Even the mainstream media is having trouble covering for this debacle. Bloomberg ran the numbers, and they're insane. In fact, I would like to show them on a chalkboard, because this is just so sweet, and I think you'll be able to relate on how cheap everything was. The actual cost for an average American this Thanksgiving. Now, this is Joe America. He's sitting... I heard from the administration, he's sitting on a pile of cash, pile of it, okay? He drew the short straw, and he has to host the entire family at his house this year. The entire family is flying in, which kind of sucks because Joe had to help out with some of their travel, especially given that the cost of airfare, remember, he even mentioned airfare, it's the cheapest airfare, it is up this year. Over 25 percent. Okay, well, that's going to be hard. Just everything else must be really cheap just to offset that. Well, Joe invited everybody out because he was hoping that he was going to be in a brand new house this year. But home values, he kind of had to put that one on the back burner uh, because the price of a house has skyrocketed. Uh, The price of a house now is up. 42 percent so that's double from when Donald Trump was in office it also doesn't help now that the mortgage rates uh, your interest on this is uh, now up four percentage points okay so we got that so Joe was out of luck so he couldn't get the house Um, and he's just living in an apartment building now he rents an apartment He's been screwed uh, on that one, too, because that one, his place of occupancy is up 24%. That's just in rent. Adding insult to injury, water bills, he's hoping that he was going to live by a lake so he could just go get a cup of water at night for free when he wants it, because now water is 16% higher, and electricity, if he's really lucky, he can get hit by a lightning bolt while he's out there, and then maybe the light bulbs will work just because the electricity's in him because the electricity from the power company is up 25%. Wow, food must be so cheap just to cover for these increases. But Joe's resilient. He's an American. He takes solace that he doesn't live in California because their electric bill... In California is up 51%. Yeah, let's get Gavin Newsom in here. Now, Joe inspects his kitchen before the big Thanksgiving feast. And he's like, I, I, I mean, I got to get a new gas stove. And he had to go buy it. But the problem is all major appliances are up 12%. Oh, and if it's gas... I mean, you got to do what you got to do, but it it doesn't help that natural gas now is up 29%. You see how this is the cheapest, fourth cheapest ever? Uh, Now, Joe heads to the garage. He inspects his car. He's got to be diligent to keep up his. He's got a really nice car. I mean, it's sure, you might have called it in the old days uh, a jalopy, but that would be gaslighting. He's been diligent to make sure he keeps it in tip-chop shape because a major breakdown would be catastrophic. Uh, The price to get your car fixed through the roof. But used cars, he wanted a new one, but used cars are now 35% higher. And car insurance? Car insurance is only up 33%. Okay? Now, Joe also, he's going to the store, he's got to get some gas for his jalopy. Uh, and that's gone from a $1.80 before the greatest economy ever uh, to uh, $3 a gallon just a short three years later. Okay? So Joe decides, well, uh huh. I I know the turkey, and because I heard the president's really cheap, so I'm going to put some gas in the car and I'm going to drive to the grocery store, pick up a turkey. Um, But he's hungry now, you know. Don't shop while you're hungry. Uh, So he stops by McDonald's. It's not really McDonald's. He sees the logo is a little different because uh, it's a knockoff. Because McDonald's, the food. Have you seen this? Oh yeah. I hope you're comfortable spending money. On fast food, because the Washington Post has just debunked a recent story about a $16 combo meal at McDonald's. Post noted that the meal in question was a novelty item and that the White House confirmed that inflation was in fact falling. But Joe soon finds out this was gaslighting because inflation is still at its sane highs. The easing inflation that the Biden boys keep talking about is really just prices growing at a slower pace, but nothing's really changing. Joe orders the Big Mac combo meal. Yeah, price, $10. Mm -hmm. Big Mac fries at a Coke, 10 bucks. And in some places, they are higher. Why? Because since 2020, restaurant food is up 24%. But don't worry, says Joe. I'm going to make it myself. He gets to the grocery store. His bank account is disappearing like Joe Biden at a press conference. Ground beef, which he doesn't need, and a good thing, because it's $2 higher than it was. Okay. But I don't need it. Coffee is also $2 higher. So we don't I'm gonna have... Fruit and vegetables, 14% higher. Wow. Dog and cat food, because he's thinking, I really am looking for that cheap. And so he's like, how about some dog food? I mean, I know it was something that only old people ate when they were completely out of money, and it was shameful at that point. But now, Alpo and other dog and cat food, that's up 17%, so... He can't even get the Alpo. That's a luxury item now. So what's going on? Because in 2020, Joe would spend $238 per week on groceries. Okay? Now he's spending well over $315 per week. I hate to be Sesame Street, but White House, which number is bigger? Averaged all together, groceries are up 25%. So how exactly does our president say, it's the fourth cheapest? At the soup kitchen? Joe's reality is our reality. No matter how hard the government tries to gaslight, these things we know we experience them every day, and there's no end in sight. Every time they try to tell us inflation is easing, remember what that really means is that prices are still going up. It's just slower than they were going up last year. There is no plan to see any of this reversed. Meanwhile, we get gaslights like this. Black Friday online buying a hit, a buy, uh, hitting a new record. Wow, the economy must be going strong. Well, no. Going into Black Friday, over 60% of Americans, the majority of the country, were living paycheck to paycheck. So how did online sales hit a record? This is how. Also over 60% is the number uh, of Americans that are in major credit card debt. 48%, half the country, need credit cards just to cover the stuff I had on the chalkboard, essential living expenses. People are spending money that they don't have, trying to live as they did before 2020. Uh, by the way, uh, I think there's more people buying things online. That, that might have been part of it. If this continues, there is going to be a credit bubble pop that will make the 2008 financial crisis look like a ride at Disneyland. I mean, before they went woke and were scarier. Uh, when we come back... I want to show you how the gaslighting continues, and then I will show you the facts, economy and the border. You're not going insane. You know what's really going on. They're gaslighting you. Next. (laughs) This is actually kind of funny. Reports are now coming out that Democrats are urging the Biden campaign to drop the term Bidenomics. I mean, it's hilarious. He still thinks Bidenomics works. There's some A word now associated uh, with low unemployment, uh, high interest rates, high inflation. Not really a good thing. Um, we could talk about Trumponomics, which was the name of the book that my next guest had uh, written. Um, it, Inside America First Plan to Revive the Economy. It was published, I think, in 2018. It is the perfect counter to the insane quackery we are seeing now from the Biden administration. This guy, I love him. He's he's a dear friend of mine. We've known each other forever. Uh, but I'm just looking at you know I'm just looking at his. The guy has won the Ronald Reagan Great Communicator Award from the Republican Party for his economic understanding. Uh, uh, let's see his book, Return to Prosperity was the finalist for the F.A. Hayek Award for Advancing Economic Understanding. Worth Magazine named him one of the 75 most influential people in the world dealing with economics and finance. I can't get a paper plate from the Kiwanis Club. Um, This guy's somebody,
1: Stephen Moore. How are you, Stephen? (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Glenn. It's good to to be with you, by the way. I haven't done anything lately.
0: (laughs) No, no. You were just an advisor for the president. And helped with one of the best economies we had ever had. Of course, everything uh, was uh, torpedoed with COVID. Um, And now we're in this place that I want to ask you and and be uh, as brutally honest as possible. Um, The only way I can make this work that the economy is going so well is there are some people in the highest stratosphere and the market, they're doing fine. But Mm -hmm. the farmer's market, the grocery store market, uh, Mm -hmm. the car market, everything else that the average people uh, are dealing with, is it that the president is just absolutely clueless as to what's really happening?
1: Glenn, it's not just the president, it's Washington, D.C. It is the swamp, and that's why, remember Donald Trump's closing argument when he ran for president in 2016 and one was, you know, he's going to drain the swamp because Americans are onto this gambit that, you know, it's almost like the worse the country does, the better Washington does. I don't know if you've noticed that. Yes. I mean, there's a reason why three of the five wealthiest counties in the United States are in or around Washington, D.C. And we don't even produce anything. So um, the people and, and I'm guilty of this myself. I live in the bubble, as you know. Right. And we don't we lose touch with mainstream America, you know, in Tosa, Oklahoma or in, you know, River Riverside, California or, you know, any town in America that we've lost touch with them. And it's uh, it really is insulting, actually, for Donald, for uh, Bill, Joe Biden and, and his uh, his uh, seven dwarfs to go out there and talk about how well things are doing. It just shows how really out of touch they are. OK,
0: so it's not us uh because we feel it and we see it at the gas pump in the grocery store and every place i mean have you been to a mcdonald's lately I, I mean i bought you know had four people in the car the kids in the car we stopped and i was like <laughs> do i need to take out a bank loan for this it's mcdonald's <laughs> for the love of pete sure. um let me uh yeah, the, let you me don't ask see you too that.
1: much of the dollar menu anymore at those i know
0: <laughs> so uh, when you look at what's being done to the economy how much time do we have before another president can come in and turn this quickly? I know, you know, you, Art Laffer, during the Reagan years, and you know all about this, they went into Argentina in the 80s, and they completely turned that thing around, and pretty quickly. Can we do that here with our debt and deficit and...
1: Yeah, no, in fact, it's funny, I had a conversation with the president, President Trump, that is, about uh, three weeks ago, and I asked him that very question, Glenn. I said, you know, how long will it take you to, to really get things back to where they were you know, before COVID, when the economy was booming, when Trump was president? And he said it would take about six months. Uh, and then he, uh, he said, you know, he's gonna have a stack of, I love this, he said, I'm gonna have a stack of paper on my desk on January 22nd, 2025. And those will be executive orders. You know what those executive orders will do? Rescind almost everything that Biden has done.
0: So, um, and that's if the deep state uh, goes along with it. Um, the, the president says it'll take six months to begin to turn this around, but we can't keep seesawing back and forth. Our dollar is, I mean, nobody's buying our, our treasuries anymore. I mean, that's all being purchased by the Fed. This is a total game. Uh, our dollar is in, it's the best of the worst, but it's, it's not healthy. How much more debt can we put on? That's the only thing I worry about with Donald Trump, um, because I know the Republicans, they don't have a problem with debt, and certainly the Democrats don't. How much more debt can we afford to pile on?
1: Well, you're right to say that this, is, you know, this isn't just Joe Biden. I mean, Biden came in and made things much, much, much worse with his $6 yes. trillion spending bid. But you know, Donald Trump and I... I worked for Donald Trump. I love him. I think he did an amazing job. But he, you know, he didn't want to cut much spending. And, and right. you're right, the Republicans, you know, talk a good game, but but they don't do it either. I mean, I think it's really going to have to come from Americans, kind of almost you know, rising in revolt, like happened in Argentina, you know, a week and a half ago, where people said, "Okay, this is over. We're done with this. It's 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 imperiling our future." Um, but as I said, I think I think if we just get somebody back. Let me just give you one example. So such an obvious policy change that would have a immediate impact on our economy, on our jobs, reducing our deficit uh, and even stopping, you know, some of the aggression around the world. Why don't we just why don't we just drilling for every barrel of oil we have? Why aren't we producing our coal or gas or nuclear power? I mean, this seems so obvious. Right. I mean, people always ask me, Glenn, you know, when I give talks about what Biden's doing, they're puzzled by it. They're saying, is he doing this intentionally? Yeah. <laughs> and I say, I don't yes. know if it's intentional, but if it were intentional, a good way to destroy the economy would oh, yeah. be to destroy our
0: energy supply. Oh, I, I think it absolutely is intentional, Stephen. I mean, I think you're being very kind. It's absolutely, you can't be this wrong this many times in a row. Um, if the president would win a second term, uh, and that takes which, which us to. I hope to God not. But if he does, this president, Biden, if he does win a second term uh, and he goes till 2028, that's two years away from them phasing out cars. Do our auto industries survive? How much more of this can we take before you just don't have anything left to turn it around?
1: You know, it would be catastrophic, in my opinion, if Joe Biden were reelected. I don't think he's actually going to be the nominee I don't can you actually imagine him being president for four more years I mean seriously I I I just can't even imagine it he's having a hard enough time now and I you know just it's inconceivable but on the policies I mean look what he's proposed he's proposed the biggest tax increases in American history that he wants to double the capital gains tax he wants to increase the dividend tax or taxes on our businesses have you ever heard of something this is one I think is so sinister uh, taxing unrealized capital gains uh, that is in
0: that's at the Supreme Court right now. I just read about it again this morning. Uh, that is terrifying. You it is. You'll have to pay what your house is now worth <laughs> even the, do I get a tax refund when my house crashes in value? <laughs> it's
1: insanity.
0: It's, it's insanity. So
1: scary. Let me give you an example. Let's say you know this is a lot of people probably relate to this. Let's say back in the late 80s you bought a farm for say three hundred thousand dollars let's say you're an iowa farmer and now that farm is appreciated for three hundred thousand to let's say three million dollars so now you've got a 2.7 million dollar appreciation in the asset the under biden they would impose a, a uh, like a 30 percent tax on that 2.7 uh, million dollars where are they going to get the money i mean you'd literally have a situation glenn where people would have to sell the farm to pay the taxes I know. literally
0: i know and that's exact i mean isn't that the sheriff of Nottingham? That, that's what they did. That, that's, that's what that was all about. Uh, Stephen, thank you so much. Uh, love seeing you. Thank you for thank you. everything that you do and have uh, done already. And hopefully we'll be doing again in the next administration.
1: Yeah, we can turn this around
0: mighty quickly. Thank you very much. All right, after the break, the gaslighting continues. You're never going to believe the new border numbers that you haven't uh, seen, most likely, just been released. I'll show you when we come back. You know, I was thinking uh, yesterday, I was doing a commercial for one of our sponsors, Preborn, on radio, and I stopped and I was thinking about the holiday for unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given. But we, like sheep, have gone astray. Um, I called my wife after the show, and I said, uh, Honey, we've had a good year. $5,000 will cover the entire nation's network for preborn. It'll cover their expenses for a day. That can save up to 200 babies in one day. $5,000 covers it. I said... Uh, On the air today, I'd like to challenge the audience. I'll match you dollar for dollar. Let's save possibly 8,000 children by sponsoring uh, 40 days and 40 nights. I'll do 20 days. Can you help on the extra 20 days? Uh, If you can, please make a donation. It could be a $5. It doesn't have to be big. But this is such a good cause. And we could save... 8,000 children in 40 days. Dial pound 250, say the keyword baby, pound 250, keyword baby, or visit preborn.com slash Glenn. That's preborn.com slash Glenn. All right, I want to put a graphic back up. Just under the economy, the second topic Americans are most concerned about is immigration, the border. Now, we've seen the waves of people flooding the border. Um, this is not about immigration anymore. It's not about, um, you know, people looking for a better life. They are flooding the border. And our concerns about the economy go hand in hand, which is currently happening down south. Now, listen to this.
1: Stuart, we have new numbers, a new report from the U.S. House Committee on Homeland Security Majority. They say the price tag per year is 451 billion dollars. That is both for the housing and care of the asylum seekers as well as those known gotaways.
0: Half a trillion dollars. Biden's mess at the border that he created is costing us half a trillion dollars every year. Now, get ready for the gaslighting. Axios wants us all to know, you know, that it's really not as bad as it was in 2019. Uh Uh-huh. We're going to check their math later on in the program. There's clearly nothing to worry about here. Squad member um, Presley says the border is, in fact, secure. And this was echoed by Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas, who testified to Congress that the border is secure and for sure not open. So, what are you worried about? Well, Green Jean uh, Pierre said uh, that Biden has, quote, done more than anybody. To secure the border we're saved the problem is fixed and if you dare not believe that don't take it from me listen to the vice president who's clearly the smartest person to ever ride in a yellow school bus you mind, know, the strategy
2: is working despite the numbers being up overall we are seeing progress But there is, we're not going to have a constant, there are going to be fluctuations. That is normal, just like the weather fluctuates and and circumstances fluctuate, such as elections in those regions and what that might mean.
0: She's admitting that the weather fluctuates? Well, climate change. Strategy is working. And as our genius vice president is pointing out, a secure border, border is like the weather. Doesn't that make just so much sense? I told you earlier that we fact check Axios numbers and it goes perfectly here with Kamala's fluctuating like the weather explanation. During Trump's last year in office, there were 458,088 encounters at the border. Okay, then Biden took over and the weather changed. Biden's first year in 2021, there were one point seven three million encounters. Biden's second year, that number jumped to 2.38 million. Now we have the numbers for 2023, it's 2.48 million. So there's no fluctuation there, really. I mean, the only way this analogy works is if it's a Category 5 hurricane. And it's consistently smashing into the same poor town three straight years in a row. And it's global warming, global cooling, and global climate change all at once. The crisis couldn't be more clear. Under President Trump's border and immigration policies, there was less than half a million encounters. Three years later, under new leadership and policy, there are nearly two and a half million And with that much of a numerical difference, it's a crisis. Now, talk about gaslighting, shall we? If you even mention a concern, you're immediately labeled a bigot, a white supremacist, a Nazi. Oh, look, over there, it's Hitler. Forget for a second that the economic concerns of the border, the crisis that it is creating, forget about that. Let's just make this about safety and security. You remember when Trump got destroyed for saying rapists and criminals were crossing the border? How dare you say that? Well, we're now getting arrest numbers from ICE. It isn't good. Last year, ICE arrested over 46,000 illegals that had criminal histories in their native country. Here's why they picked them up. The charges and convictions include 21,531 assaults. 8,164 sex and sexual assault offenses, 5,554 weapons charges, 1,501 homicide offenses, and 1,114 kidnapping offenses. None of those had to happen. None. Now, keep these numbers in mind as you consider this context. In 2023, this year... The Border Patrol released over 900,000 illegals into the United States. While you're thinking about that, check this out. Trump's entire presidency for four years, there were only 11 terrorist encounters at the southern border. Let's compare that, shall we, under Biden? In 2021, 15. That one year, the first year, passed four years under Trump. In 2022... It was 98, 2023, 169. In fiscal 2024, which just started, it's already 12. We're not even two months into this, and there have been more terrorist encounters on the border than the four years under Trump. Keep those stats in your pocket. You know, the next time somebody calls you a Nazi or white supremacist for being concerned about the border... With what's happening in the Middle East, we are going to pay a very high price for this insanity that every damn one of us, I don't care who you voted for, every damn one of us, if you look at it, you know this is wrong. You know, when we were talking about uh, uh, terror, 2001, everybody's like, we can't, we gotta know who's here. What do you mean they've overstayed their visas? There are no visas. There are no visas. Okay, we're doing, we're doing less than we were before September 11th. And wait until you hear those stats. Some of the biggest terror targets in the country are now reeling from the illegal alien overflow. From the tent camps in Chicago, and even out in the streets of New York City. Man, it is a good thing that no terrorist has ever thought about attacking New York. Am I right? Am I right? Back in a minute. Wait until you meet my next guest. You know, the Patriot Act was actually written, I think, in 1999, um, and it failed to pass. It was really all about power and spying on the American people, and 9-11 was... uh, The scapegoat. We never really fixed anything. One of the things that we did do that I think was the best thing that we could do was the air marshal system. We had air marshals on the planes. Didn't know who they were. Something happened. Have you noticed how many problems have been on planes lately and you never hear about the air marshal? Why is that? Wait. Sonia Hightower-Labasco, she's the executive director of the Air, Mash- uh, air Marshal National Council. Private association represents members who are currently in retired federal air marshals. She says there's a little hole uh, happening with the air marshals. And uh, honestly, Sonia, I could not believe this when I first heard you say it and then started looking this stuff up. Where are our air marshals right now?
2: Well, Glenn, it, I know it's shocking, and, and this program used to be a great program, but they're either on the border or they're following individuals that were in the national capital region around January 6, 2021. Um, it, it's shocking. It's a debacle. And we, we thank you for highlighting this and bringing this out because we need the American people to know what's
0: really going on behind the scenes. I have to tell you, uh, pl- uh, planes have become scary, not from terrorists, just because you don't know. People just go crazy, and uh, it seems... Um, But our air marshals, let's start here. First, on the border, what are they doing on the border?
2: Which is a really, really sad thing, Glenn. We're not doing any duties that would even be close to the specialized training that we have in the air. You know, we're, we are experts at thwarting hijacking uh, in air. So we are down on the border doing non-law enforcement duties, handing out water, driving people to the hospital, waiting for them to get stitches to bring them back to the Bo- Border Patrol facility. So our skill sets are not being used in so one way. wait, wait, way. wait,
0: wait. Are you telling the American people that our air marshals... Are air marshals vital. They're candy stripe girls now. Uh, yes, Glenn, that is a great way to put it. And
2: they're doing some Uber Eats. We're picking up food. Oh we're God. we're doing any any NGO tasks that you can imagine. Okay. And my is allowing this. This is this is very well known in DHS.
0: Okay, so that means they're down there. They're not those people down on the border not able to be on airplanes now, right?
2: That is you're absolutely correct. Okay.
0: All right. But then we have other air marshals that are still going and flying on planes occasionally, but they're not looking for terrorists.
2: That, that's correct, Glenn. They're they're not really flying our normal flights. It, you know, Post 9-11, we were flying a lot of domestic missions. Uh, now we are standing by for what we call the quiet skies or special mission coverage. And that is connected to someone that was in the national capital region uh, during January 6, 2021 time frame, there. So we're not doing the missions that we did to look right. for individuals trying to thwart um, a hijacking. We're not doing those duties now.
0: I, I have, I have so many um, um, emails and, and, uh, and, and documents that have been blacked out. I'm going to read them on the air tomorrow cause they are absolutely amazing. I don't have time now, but let me just cover one thing. Um, a Federal Air Marshal, 24 years, or 27 years of law enforcement, experience, currently assigned to a such and such field office, traveled to Washington, D.C. This person traveled to Washington, D.C. to attend a Trump rally at the Ellipse Park near the White House. Following the speech, this person returned to the hotel. It is important to note that blank never set foot near the Capitol grounds. In fact, suffers from a disability that makes it difficult for her to walk. This air marshal with 27 years of experience, can you, do you remember this case? What was was he assigned to do?
2: I do, and that's his wife we're talking about, Glenn. He is the special ops uh, air marshal. He actually assigns the teams of air marshals to follow these individuals that are on quiet skies or a selectee. So this air marshal actually came into duty. It was his job to sign the missions for that day opened his computer and saw a photograph of his wife listed as a suspected domestic terrorist, knowing that she had nothing to do with the Capitol. She, she, she didn't even go to the Capitol that day. And we proved that through many, many different ways from geo-tracking, her cell phone, her Uber receipts, okay. you name it. Right, we I, proved I, it.
0: I've got less than a minute. You have to tell me if this is true. Are, did we actually use the air marshals to track off four what was four-month-old, four-week-old baby? Yes, Glenn. We're, we're
2: doing that now. The baby's eight weeks old. The eight baby weeks. was not even conceived. It's an eight-week-old baby who's on the terrorist watch list. That is correct.
0: God help us all. Would you come on the radio program with me tomorrow? I, I want to go more in-depth on this. I would love to, Glenn. Okay. Thank you so much. You, you bet. I, I, th- this is insanity. What is happening in Israel will happen here. And they'll all run from it. They'll all say, we had nothing to do with it. I'm telling you now, terrorists are here. Terrorists are plotting. We have the numbers I just showed them to you. And our administration is doing nothing but targeting an eight-week-old baby as a domestic terrorist. That must be some mighty potent poop coming out of the back of that baby. We'll see you tomorrow on radio from Dallas. Good night, America.